Anime Pulse, episode 556. Joseph, your host of this amazing show all about anime and the industry of Japan, and uh, my co-host here is uh, named Andrew of the Chan. Hello! Yes. And uh, our Knights of the Round Table. Uh, Monty Python? Very good. Maybe, yeah. Maybe before my time. Well, I mean, I'm... I'm old too, but <laughs> yeah, I I got the reference, but I haven't watched it. But uh, yeah, and the Holy Grail, it's got some good moments, you know. Mm-hmm. I think the yeah, Holy Hand Grenade, cool. the uh-huh. I mean, we have uh, one of our bosses is uh t- taking his name from a character from really? the uh yeah wow there are some who you mean call he me changed his name Tim. No, oh. no, not change his name, but his online name. Oh, oh, right, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about Tim from Manga Pulse. Yeah. Right, right, okay. Do you know if it's actually is based off of Monty Python, or is it is it that Tim in particular, or? Yes, he's he's oh, talked okay. about it before. Ah, I must have missed that. Okay. Right. Uh, well, that uh, I think that uh, should bring us into our IRL news. And I'll go as I've been doing lately. So, uh, yeah, not much has been going on. I went through my first week of work with our new girl. Uh, she's catching uh-huh. on quick. Uh, nice. She is. She's older. She's about right. roughly my mother's age. So in her 60s, maybe, you know, mid to late 60s. Which, oh, uh, okay. yeah, I, I guess she's just Experience. doing this as like a side thing. I'm not sure. Or maybe, uh-huh. you know, she's stuck in a rut like a lot of the other people in the United States who just can't afford to retire because they never invested in anything to retire into. Mm. Luckily, I am not one of those people. I've already begun a 401k at my age, which 
uh, will be increasing how much it takes out of my paycheck every year by 1%, up to a maximum of 10% of my paycheck. And uh, from what I've garnered from when we had the uh, economist over at our office, when we had a big meeting with him, we asked him a bunch of questions. He was super impressed with how I was choosing how to do things. He did say like, oh no, you, you should probably make like some, you know, keep an eye on, your, on the stocks that you're invested in a little bit more. Um, uh-huh. Because with 401ks, basically what you do is you choose a percentage of your money pre-tax to go into a various amounts of accounts uh, for different stocks and bonds and stuff like that. Um, uh-huh. You choose like uh, very basic stuff where you're not going to get any real money back on it like it's just you putting money into a bank account you're not going to earn any interest on it Um, like a checking account but right you will have that money no matter what so even if the economy collapses your money is safe oh but then there of course are like high risk and uh income-based stuff so like you put your money into something that can double your money or triple your money even but the chance it could also falter and your money is worth less at that point um Ah. so what you want to do basically is just divide up your money into all the different categories and choose the ones that you feel suit you the best or you just like the best it's completely up to you Uh, i went Uh with a few different ones I went with a mid-tier where it's basically it's safe, but you still earn an interest on it. Uh, basically something like oh. that, like an interest. I mean, you still get money, more money than you're putting in. I put okay. a mm-hmm. little bit of the percentage of what I'm earning into the high risk. So even if I'm going to make even just like every now and then I make 50% more in that little sector, I'll be making maybe as much as I'm making in the other one in a really good day. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course I have, uh, I have one that's in something like uh, liquid equity or something like that, where it's just, if anything ever bad happened, that money is worth as much as it will always be worth. It won't change. Ah, okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you got a three pronged strategy here. Exactly. So uh, I've planned for that. Um, I'm not planning, of course, to get any luck at Fire Emblem, because ah. uh, I, I did not get my 3D, uh, 3D, I did not get my <laughs> uh, Bunny Girl Kanojo. Yeah. Yeah, no no Kangaro Bunny Girl for me. However, yep. there is a new banner. Uh, there was more story released and yada yada and so forth, so yep. I was able to get a bunch of, uh, yeah, a bunch of new... Or a bunch of orbs. Like, they've been really giving you a lot of opportunity lot to get of orbs, orbs. Which, by the way, I'm saying, if, if you haven't seen the advertisement, definitely try and save some as much as possible until the 1st of May now. Uh, because a new banner will be coming out 1st of May with a brand new Lin. And a chance to get a bunch of old characters, all for 8%. Five star. Oh. Well, so, I kind of have been yeah. spending all of my orbs because um, okay. the new hero's Wings of Fate characters... Um, uh-huh. I'm super in love with the design for Hinoka. Oh yeah, the Pegasus Knight with the bow and arrow. God, I love her outfit, like the red and black, and it's very the fact grand she, looking. yeah, she like yeah. flies on a phoenix, and 
she has like this she almost looks like she is a uh, um from fire emblem awakening she has like the uh, uh like the headpiece that the uh the one girl who was like the leader of all the good guys uh yeah i can't remember her name the one that died yeah the one that dies but then like you can bring her back in a uh, mentally yeah. broken form <laughs> Because she, yeah, well, which then that. it feels mm-hmm. really weird when you're like, you yeah, know, like comfortable that, yeah, you, mm-hmm. you date her and it's just like, ooh, I feel like I'm taking advantage of something I shouldn't be. Ooh, yeah, I need a Can't shower. That on my heart, yeah, exactly. Not, not good. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway. Yep. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I've not had any luck getting her yet. Um. Mm-hmm. In fact, I've had no luck getting any. Uh, golden characters, except for the one that you can get in uh, the Tempest Battles. For like, uh, I think it's like 11,000 oh, points. Finn? Is it Finn? He's a, he's a horseman guy? Blue hair? Blue hair? Yep. Yeah, he's like another he's like another Sigurd or another Crom. There's like a bunch of characters that have blue hair and are on a horse and use a sword. He's yeah. kind of one of the lesser impressive ones, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he's he's something you can work up to. You don't need to spend the orbs on, so it kind of makes yeah. sense that you you don't really mm-hmm. want to put him as like, oh, he's a main for me. No thanks. Well, in general, here's the thing I found a rule so far is that these many this is a mini tempest trial, and that the top goal of this one is fifty thousand, but the same it's the same amount of rewards overall. But there's fifty thousand points overall for the max rewards, but a normal tempest trial is a hundred thousand instead of fifty thousand. Now, ones that have come out so far on a mini Tempest trial where it's 50,000 tend to be not so good characters. We're talking like New Year, um, Corrin, we're talking Marisa, we're talking, well, this guy now, right? But regular Tempest trial has given actually some really good characters like um, Elliewood was mm-hmm. really good. Like uh, the Halloween, the, the um, Valentine's Elliewood, the Dark, the Black Knight was really good. So it has, you can get good ones. But they tend to come off the full Tempest Trials, the one that give up to 100,000 points. Um, I'd yet, I one day hope that they will release a good character in the 50k ones, but, you know. Potentially, potentially. Yeah. For now, though. Still five star, though. Yeah, I mean, for, uh, for the fact that you're, all you're doing is the Trials, which it's super easy, especially if you have, like, a pretty overpowered team. You just throw them in there, you just hit the... Just tap, 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 done. Because yeah, all yeah, I've yeah. been I've been doing lately to save time is just auto battle. Because realistically, mm-hmm. auto battle does better than I do for some weird reason. When it's like I'm like planning and strategizing, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna send Tharge over here. I'm gonna make her move up here. I'm gonna do this, and then I keep losing. And then I put it on auto battle, and the computer's like aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. And it's like, whoa, computer, slow down, slow down. And in the end, the computer does better than I did. And I'm like, oh. Uh-oh. Computer oh, okay. knows how computer thinks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when oh, you have so the computer a, play itself in chess. It's just like, I know this is going to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I My money's on computer. Uh, but with the, you know that new banner that is coming out with the 8% thing? Uh-huh. Here's the characters that are going to come out. There's a brand new legendary heroes version of, of Lin, basically. He's got a bone arrow as well. You got another chance to get some of the old event characters. So there's Halloween Jacob, Halloween Henry... Uh, performance arts Inigo and performance arts uh, I forget the name of the blue haired guy there's Jenny the healer 
uh, Mikaya, the mage. You can also get the fallen hero Selica. I think you already have Selica, right? Uh, is that the one with fall- red hair? Yeah. yeah. There's yep. fallen hero Selica. There's a um, Erica on a horse. The mage, uh, the red mage Erica on a horse. There's the fallen version of Robin, the female version. Okay. Uh, another chance to get an uh, Ephraim on a horse, and another chance to get a, a Vanguard Ike. So those are the ones that are coming out. I guess you'd probably be shooting for the legendary hero's limb, though, if you were to use it. Eh, I mean, I already have a legendary hero Lin. Mm. Or no, I have oh, the, the brave, brave hero Lin. Brave Lin. Yeah, brave. So this yeah, a, maybe I would yeah. go for the legendary potentially. I don't really think I need two lens. Um okay. I try to keep it to like one character of each type, even if it's like, oh, you know, I really like their their outfits. It's like, nah, I mean of the characters I would go for maybe Robin. Just because it's like the female and she yeah. she kind of has like that like you know, crazy smiley laugh or facey laugh in her, but mm. you don't like her design so much, though, right? I don't. I don't like her art. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's like less the it's... character design, just the artwork, the way she's drawn. Yeah, like the way she's drawn, um, and just like her different versions of her. It's just meh. I mean, Zeldera says the best. Meh. Meh. I see. I see. I think he was talking about the pensions, but yeah, <laughs> it okay. works both ways. <laughs> Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Um well, you've been working up your percentages, so best of luck in getting the um Hino Hino that you want. Oh yeah, yeah. if I can she just is get... the first flying unit. Mm. Yeah. No, yeah, oh, go ahead. she's the first flying unit that has a bow and arrow, so that's cool. So that means she's a flying unit that's anti flying unit. And also if you looked at it, her bow also is anti armored unit, so she's also the first flying unit that can do like anti anti flying and anti armored, so she'll probably be pretty good for my estimation. God, anti armor with a flying unit, she'll just be like circling yeah. around them, just like taking pot shots. Boop 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 boop. Yeah, it should be really good, mm-hmm. especially if you have like a dancer to like do double shots. It could. There's a lot of ridiculous plays. I bet you could make with her. So. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, aside from that, uh, let's see here. Has anything else been going on? Oh, I did my review for Overlord 2 on Saturday. I writ that Sweet. up. Uh, it, that one took me quite a while. I almost didn't make it. Um, oh. What I mean by that is basically when I do my reviews, I typically get to Subway now at around 7-ish o'clock. And the uh-huh. Subway I go to closes at 10 on a Saturday. Oh. So I really need to, like, as soon as I'm done eating... Get working on that review because now my reviews are taken up to like two hours to do. Let's see. And this one had me working until 9.30 because I was adding in all the images that I do for the review. Ah, um, that's right. Yeah, that must take time actually, making all those hyperlinks and all that sort of stuff and getting the appropriate images. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I got I got all the images already because I'll take them while I'm watching a series. So ah, I'll, I'll okay. be like, oh, okay, this is the first time we see this character. I'll take a picture of her. Oh, wow, that was a really good scene. Let's take a picture of that. Or, wow, all the characters standing together. That's pretty good. Or, you know, something that mm. I know eventually is going to become important. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's a good and, habit to get into. Yeah, it was a, it was a good review. Uh, I will say my thoughts on Overlord 2, not as good mm-hmm. as the first Overlord. 
Oh, okay. Just right. because my main point being the first Overlord had a super fucking awesome battle between um, between Shaltir and Ainz. Like, it was mind-blowing. It was so good. And it was, like, really heart-throbbing and pumping, too, because it's like, who's going to win and who's going to lose? Because, you, like, Shaltir is pretty fucking strong. Even though Ainz was kind of, like, toying with her for a bit, I just was like, oh, who's going to do it? And like, oh, you know, like all the battle, like it had all these different moves in it and like it had an instant kill move and the visuals were so cool. And then in Overlord mm -hmm. 2, they don't have any battle like that. There is no grandiose battle. I mean, yeah, there is one between uh, Demiurg and um, Ainz, but it's for play. It's just so that Ainz uh -huh. can, his uh, human version... Uh, the Black Raven, whatever, another um, Momon can look like a hero, like superhero status. That's all it was. It was to bring him up in uh, um, respect, I guess. Uh huh. The only thing I really liked about Overlord 2, the highlights, Sebastian, fucking yeah. awesome. That dude is so good. Um, he's also like one of the only characters now that is full on having a relationship with another character, uh, -huh. uh <laughs> which it's amusing because, uh, I found this out today. Sebastian, who has this like deep gravelly voice is, yeah. uh, he is also voiced by, uh, he's a voiced by a one piece character. Oh, uh, do you, do you have yeah. any, do you have any guesses at who that one piece character might be? Sanji. No, not Sanji. It's not one of the main characters. It was an antagonist. One of the very first antagonists. Oh, uh, Buggy the Clown? Bingo. He voices nice. Buggy the Clown. Huh. Wow. Who'd have thought it? I guess he puts on a slightly different... I guess he has a deep... When he's not being silly, stupid, like, over-the-top clownish, he does have a deep <laughs> voice, so... I guess he could pull it off. Yeah. I don't know what this character is, like Sebastian looks like, so... Uh, Sebastian, let me see if I can get you a picture for him. But uh, Sebastian's yeah. like a butler character. It's like super... Mm -hmm. right, here we go. Post my image there. Oh, yeah, and also, like, there it is. Uh, Vic. Um, mm -hmm. Like, what you posted with the... Mm -hmm. uh, that, that princess was the other highlight for me. Because she yeah, was yeah, because you're talking about Overlord too, so I thought yeah, it's so yandere. <laughs> it's just like she sends mm -hmm. her personal bodyguard climb out to the most dangerous places in hopes that his legs will get broken and she'll get able to take care of him for the rest of his life. Oh, she oh, she's that guy. kind of yandere. Uh, I see. Ah, uh, I see. I see. Yeah, she does look a little bit psychotic in this video. So, <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't tell because this video was a joke video, so. Yeah, you you found that picture of Sebastian? Oh yeah. You oh yeah, it. I did. That's weird. I didn't didn't copy. Um, hold up. For some weird reason, copy that, please. There it is. Boom, boom. Oh, okay. He's an old bot. Okay. He's yeah, like he's a butler looking guy. He of course, Sebastian is always a butler. Yeah, he used to lead the battle maids um, as uh -huh. their leader, but he actually had to step down because he rescues a human girl 
uh, named Surare or Surare Surare Surare. Her name's hard to pronounce. Yeah, and um, he basically saves her from a very terrible fate of Uh, like forced prostitution, and uh, he you know heals her up and he romances her and she falls for him big time. Yeah. Wow. That well, would you do that? I suppose that would win you some points if you save someone from a life like that. That would help. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. He's, oh. He seems like a sideish character, though, right? Probably not a main character. He's not a main character, but but in this one, he's more yeah. of a main character than Shaltier or even Albedo. Really? Oh, yeah, okay. I know. Interesting. Like the main squeezes for Eins. Even Eins himself is barely seen in this season huh. that much as opposed to even like sebastian maybe that's uh i mean in some ways that's kind of ballsy where you like you know you decide to take the second season a different route where let's focus on something else besides the characters everyone is necessarily expecting so i guess they were trying to do some risky stuff to try and uh expand the world the well i want to want to save the rest of my comments yeah. my thoughts for my real review uh, eventually when that will come about so i believe I'll hand things off to you. Okay. Uh, the only thing really worth mentioning too much in detail would be something like, I went to go see a certain movie this week. Uh-huh. And that movie would be the Avengers film. I don't know if anybody here is interested in the Marvel Cinematic Universe or anything like that. Um, I do but, you know, enjoy the- a, every now and then a good Marvel movie. Yeah. So this is one of the, one that was, people have been anticipating for 10 years and stuff. So I went to go see it. And, um, you know, I haven't watched a lot of the Marvel films. I haven't seen Ant-Man. I haven't seen Guardians 2. I haven't seen Thor Ragnarok or anything like that. But um, I can say that it was, I was think it was pretty good. It's definitely a bit unconventional for a film. I will say, yeah, yeah, definitely. If you're remotely interested in seeing it, uh, to Noaru, I'm going to avoid spoilers. So definitely do not look up any serious information or anything. Don't Google it. Don't even look at tweets about it or anything because... There are there is some stuff that you won't you don't want to get spoiled up with this film. Uh, it's a pretty long movie too, so it'd be pretty pretty shame. It'd be a bit of a shame to watch such a long film and know exactly what's going to happen. Um, I will not spoil it. Don't worry. But I haven't I, even seen say, any yeah. of the uh, the previews for this, like any of the trailers. I haven't seen a movie in so long that the trailers for Infinity Wars has not. Yeah. It it never uh, came yeah. out. Um, and I didn't watch any of it online, and I kind of yeah. like have stopped watching uh, trailers altogether. Like all I do is I go to IMDb and I'm like, "All right, what's coming up? Oh, Deadpool two comes out in May. All right, I'll see that." Yeah, and I don't look I mean, up like, any trailers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they they don't function well if it's something that you're already interested in watching anyway. It's never going to really enhance too much your experience. It will it maybe will increase anticipation, but arguably anticipation can be a bad thing because I mean it can set you up for disappointment. It's better to have no expectation than go in and be like, whoa, that was that was hot shit. That was pretty good. And yeah, yeah. this was, I think it was pretty good. Uh, you know, there's, you'll get your fill of action. You'll see a lot of heroes. The writing's pretty good. Um, uh, you don't have to know all of the other stuff. Like, you don't have to watch every other Marvel film to get it, because I still got it. It's still surprisingly easy to follow, and it is kind of funny. Uh, it's got nice and lighthearted moments in it. So overall, I think it's pretty good, although it is pretty long it's over two hours or so um oh yeah i think those movies are probably just gonna get longer where they when they go on yeah 
Yeah. And so, you know, it was long, but I wasn't bored is the important part all the way through. The action's quite good and stuff. So overall, I think it's a good movie. If you're remotely interested in going and see it, probably go and see it. Um, and it's a little bit, it's quite refreshing. See a film that was 10 years in the making. Actually, it was actually 10 years like set up, this sort of thing, since the original. So yeah, definitely go see if you're interested. That's about all I can say without getting into spoiler territory. All your heroes are there that you maybe care about. Um, okay, there were a few that were missing, but, you know, who cares? Right, uh, now I could probably go into the actual, uh, community stuff, because there's not really much else to report on. Just been uh-huh. working most of the way for the week. Um, so, comments. We got some on Anthem of the Emoto, episode 554. First off, by Yotaru Vegeta, who says, I didn't watch A Little Sister's All You Need, probably because Little Sister is in the title. No, I wasn't offended by it. Andy Chan has watched far, far worse. I have watched far, far worse. You have no idea. <laughs> I just saw much. <laughs> I just saw much Shiner anime and forgot all about it. So, uh, how is it that you completely forget that your brother is a sister? That's almost as ludicrous as a woman not knowing that she gave birth. Wait, did I read this out previously? I think you may have because I, I commented oh, that yes, he did. Um, he it, that he doesn't that it's not that he doesn't know that the yeah. brother is his sister. It's that he was never informed oh, and that no. his parents kind of kept it a secret. Okay, cut, cut. That didn't happen. Time leap. <laughs> anyway, our our second comment of that episode um, was by Zaldera, who comes in with I just noticed the show is filed under After Dark. XD. Whoops, or is it high emoto quotient causing you to make Freudian slips? Lol. So yeah, I did actually notice when I scrolled up that it's listed under After Dark, which I do think is a nice touch because of the emoto thing. I didn't know if it was on purpose or not, so I didn't say. Uh, No, it's um... not on purpose at all. Let me (laughs) fix that right now. Time leap! (laughs) Fixed. Um, Boom, fixed. Nice. And then we have comments on our more recent episode, episode 555, um, about the first preview episode of 2018 Spring. First comment comes in by Zaldera, who says, Unfortunately, with regards to the new art style in High School DXD, it looks like the Moe look is where the money is at. Not to mention all the plot changes are what the original light, offer, light novel author wanted. And the Japanese market, where all the anime is mostly made for, could not give even a fraction of a crap about us outside of Japan and what we think. So look forward to the new world order, folks. Well, um, I don't have to look forward to it. I will say that that might be where the money is at for like, for I don't know, local Japan, just because they yep. can have the uncensored version. So people will yep. pay that premium to see the uncensored versions, just so that they can enjoy high school DXD in the same way they've always enjoyed it. But uh-huh. it's not going to attract as much attention. I guarantee you that it won't make as much money on Blu-rays and other major sales as like the ones that are even uncensored already. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but what about the art style? Otherwise, with the art style, does that bother you at all, though? Like the more Moe-ish look? Uh, I thought at first when I saw it, I was like, oh, wow, this actually kind of works a little bit well for, like, uh-huh. when I saw the cue card, the, like, the 
the cue card that breaks apart the show. I was like, oh, wow, the, the art style actually works well for sexy because Moe and sexy kind of works well here. But then, like, later on, like, what it doesn't work with is that High School DxD also has action, and the action looked like butt when the oh. Moe, like, the Moe, because it's very, like, it's a softer style than yeah. the, the first one, and it was just like, right. the action looks like a downgrade. Ooh. Mm, that's not good. Actually, that's, it's true that a more simplistic, cutesy look doesn't lend itself much to action, which is, you know, why Dragon Ball, you know, Z all the way through, it's got a bit more sharper and thicker with its black lines and stuff, you know, to kind of accentuate the action more. So uh, there's there's proof of that out there, that more complex detail that um, looks make better action sort of thing. And I guess that's why Ichigo and, like, you know, Bleach and stuff, you know, they're very, they're quite detailed sort of art style in Bleach as well in the action, and that looks pretty good too. So, yeah. So the art, the artwork doesn't actually really make anything else suffer but the action, though, really. Um. Well, I mean, it's also like just in general, like the detail on it, like the faces, the bodies, everything about it didn't really work well. Static okay. images, though, look good. So that's why I said the oh, okay. cue card looked good, where it's just like, oh, it's just Rias Grimmery drawn in like the Moe style, and I was like, that's not bad. But maybe that's just because yeah. I had seen her so much in that more mature, drawn style. Yeah. So much already. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So, but yeah. I mean, there's, the next comment actually has a bit of information on that too as well, actually. Um, whereas Yotaru also comments on that. With um, First off, I was angry at Croissange too, because it exists. So there's no uncensored version of High School DxD streaming. Uh, apparently there isn't, um, at least in the West, right? Yeah, at uh, least in the West. En- yeah, yeah. Like that must enrage the foreign fan base. The team at VG Pulse also enjoy that show, so yeah, I, I guess it does. I mean, they could- maybe that will that'll be a sign. Like the sales may drop in the foreign market, and then they'll, they'll that'll be like a wake up call for them. Then in that case, that's the uh, you know potentially. I guess I mean if there's one, way- yeah, if there's one way you do want to speak, you know, like. Zelda has a point, and maybe they don't have, they don't care about what you say, or they won't listen to you. But you know, as a consumer, you just you know, all you can do is hope for the best and speak with your wallets, I guess. And if you boycott something, choose not to buy something, that still sends a message. If enough people do that in droves, so there you go. Yep, yep. But yeah, that moves us on to our topic, which is about special moves. So I asked about if you have any any special move within animes that's you know either named or doesn't even have a catchy name anything like that that's memorable to you what would it be and what would it, what does it do so the first answer comes in by vegeta yotaru variety who comes in with i have learned a special technique from anime and i will pass it down to you remember its name and it's a link to a gintama clip where there's a special move from a scroll that's called Evil Holy Sword, Let's Dancing All Night, Rising Special, Ultra Miracle, Super Mario Brothers, 2nd Edition, Luigi's Counter-Attack, Director's Cut. And the, the, gag, is, <laughs> the gag is that um, the, the move is so long that as you're saying it, you get you killed because it's too long to actually go through. So yeah, I've Gintama, you know, Gintama be condam- Gintama. But good move, good choice, good choice. I don't know what it actually does though, but anyway. Uh, Midnight Crew comes in with... It might be boring and an obvious choice, but the Bankai's from Bleach are pretty awesome. You know things are going to get awesome when a character says uh, says Wimpers yells that one word. For that matter, 
the res the reser something resurrections it's this double c the resurrections of the arankar are awesome as well for the same reasons as for the favorite bankais and resurrections i would say that mayuri and yamamoto's bankais are all pretty damn cool for resurrections i'd go with Baragun's form. His weapon has a badass name, a badass release phrase, and it turns him into a skeleton king in a fabulous fur coat. What's not to love? Other than Bleach, I do like Reg's incinerator from Made in Abyss. He might not shout out its name whenever he uses it, but damn does that thing pack a punch. Uh, it becomes even more nuts um, OP in the manga, though I won't go into detail because spoilers and stuff. Anyway, Robot Shota with the arm cannon death ray is totally tubular. Dude. Bye, crew. And Queen Inoue actually seconds that. She says, I agree with Midnight. I do like Bankai and Bleach, and the fact that all of them had a different Bankai with all sorts of different attacks. Another anime that has good ones is a gateway anime, Sailor Moon. I think those ones are my favourite due to some nostalgia for it. I watch Sailor Moon all the time when I was in middle, middle slash high school, and so... That would have to be it. I can't pinpoint one specifically, I just like all of them. The only one that comes to mind for me is Moon Tiara Magic, but that's because she like used it all the time at the start of the series. Um, I know she gets upgrades where she gets like a staff that's like, love heart shaped and shit. And there's other moves, but the only move I remember from Sailor Moon is Moon Tiara Magic at the moment, but that's as far as my knowledge goes. But yeah, I do definitely, I would have actually said it if you didn't Midnight Crew about the Bankais. I think Bankais are cool because like you said, like, you just know as soon as someone says it that shit's gonna go down and, you know, it creates so much speculation about, because they're so variety, you know, because everyone uses swords, and so you thought, how do we make swords interesting? Let's make it so that they can just become anything and just, like, they can become a giant creature or something. And the Mayuri's one that he gives as an example is, like, a giant baby. You've watched Bleach, right? Yes. Yeah. It's like a giant yellow-faced baby thing that lets out poison gas and it eats you and stuff. And it's, you know, it's yep, pretty yep. cool. Yeah, so it's just the whole idea of Bankai's is great because it left you speculating about how, like, oh, I wonder what this guy's Bankai is. I wonder what Aizen's Bankai is going to be or Gin's Bankai is going to be because it's just, you know, it's so hype because you know, it, like, shit goes down when they have it. And they even worked it the opposite way because there's, like, a, one of the best characters, I think, in that series is this guy called Kinpachi. Uh, Kinpachi Saraki or whatever his name is. He's like this uh, guy with like really tall, muscular dude with like spiky hair. And like, what's cool about him is he doesn't have a Bankai, and that just shows how badass he is because he stands amongst all these guys with super moves, and yet he's still able to beat them without having a Bankai. So it's just like it works both ways. Characters that have Bankai are cool, and characters that can fight characters with Bankai are also cool because how could you do that when you just have a sword? So you know, there was that too. So I would have to, I'd have to third that, I suppose. If they, if uh, Queen always seconds that, I third that that Bankai's are cool. Um, and then the last comment of this topic comes in from Zaldera, who says special moves. A particular example that sticks in my mind is from Evangelion, Evangelion 3.0. You can not redo the third film in the rebuild of Evangelion series. Uh, one of the EVA units, Unit 2, basically has a previous unknown mode that effectively removes the power limiters on the unit, causing it to become a lot stronger and more feral, similar to the Berserk mode seen in Unit 01 in the original series, but with the pilot still in some form of control. It is interesting to me as it basically shows that all EVA units are not entirely under the command of those, those using them to fight the angels. 
And the other example I would like to submit is Kamijo Toma's Imagine Baker from A Certain Magical Index. It's just like the idea that the greatest special move slash power anyone can have is the ability to completely negate all other powers, especially making effectively making them useless. The concept is not a new one. You get anti-magic fields all the time in all sorts of media, but the context but in the context of anime, this is a good example of it in action. I will say that it is interesting because, you know, it's a defining trait in a in a world where everyone has either magic or some sort of science, you know, ability that might as well be magic. <laughs> My only problem is later on, I don't know about how much they do at the start. I'll need to rewatch it before I do my review anyway but later on they they kind of get lazy with this whole thing because you know i get that his arm is um you know impervious to damage from magic and science and shit the rest of his body is actually vulnerable and stuff right so the only reason they supplement it in later things is they make him superhuman strong in like later in later episodes especially i mean he kind of was already strong for um a high schooler they try and pass it off because he's been used to fighting on the streets but like in season two, he's like jumping, like a building has been shattered to pieces and he is jumping up the de- the debris of it, ninja style, to catch somebody <laughs> who's falling from the building. And I'm thinking like, okay, right. So it's not really like your arm is your main thing because you, you think that his arm would be a part of his strategy. Like it's all about like figuring out how to outdo your opponent, canceling out their moves. But this guy is also fucking like Superman or something. That's why... You know, me and my friend joke about how this guy is probably like uh, Saitama from uh, One Punch Man, just at a younger age when he was in high school, because he has a similar hairstyle to Saitama before he got his hair cut and became bald, uh, or just lost his hair from training. And similar to Saitama, he kills a lot of his enemies with just one punch. Like, one punch from this guy. He's a normal kid, besides the fact that he cancels out powers, and yet he knocks out all these, like, fully grown adults and all these, like, magical beings and stuff, or, like, magical soldiers and shit, with just one punch. A lot of the time, so I don't know. Uh, it's it's a it's an interesting ability. I will admit. Uh, I just think sometimes their implementation of it, in my opinion, is a bit weird. But I guess I'll get more into detail on that um, once I get to reviewing those series, which I'm not looking forward to that because that would mean I have to rewatch them. So I'm gonna hold off on that. Uh, but anyway, re- um, Joseph, what's uh, what's your special move? You were you were teasing me a bit earlier on, so I wanna. I'm interested to know. So, ever since I watched Trigun, I have had a fascination with Vash the Stampede's angel arm. Uh So, basically, for anyone who's ever seen Trigun, uh, Vash the Stampede carries around a gun. It's a revolver. And during certain moments in the anime, uh, typically when Knives is involved, uh, his gun will pop the top. And his arm transforms into the angel arm, which is uh, his Uh, ultimate weapon. Basically, think of it as like a giant uh, angel-like feathery cannon of death that was able to put a hole in the moon and destroy two cities. Huh. Could I look that up? So, you'd want to have this ability personally? Oh, yeah. I've so many times thought about, basically, this is like... This this arm is like just like so awesome because it's not something that can just be like boom fired off straight away. It takes time. Yeah. And anyone is like who sees it is like, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck, because you can't stop it. Uh-huh. Even Vash can't stop it when it's finally going. 
it, it, all he could do during one point was to not kill a whole city. He ends up uh, using another gun, a uh, machine gun that he has in his cybernetic arm, to shoot it skyward, which ends up putting a hole in the moon. Huh. Wow. Uh, it's kind of, I mean, for some people it might seem grotesque looking, and that's something else I really like. The whole thing, like, it takes time to charge, and I've always had a fascination with things that take a long time to charge, and, like, the, the sound of it just increases, like, up, 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 and up, mm -hmm. and up, and just, like, power building in it until it finally just ex shoots out this giant beam, and ever since mm -hmm. then, I have loved the angel arm. It's just something that, in any sense, any time I'm ever thinking of, like, and having just, like, different moments where I'm uh, often, you know, uh, daydream land. I always fantasize about having this kind of power. Ah, okay. Cool, cool. What would you use it for, though? Like, if you had it. Well, that's what I use it for. Getting rid of annoying people. <laughs> bit overkill, isn't it? And would it take a bit eh. too long? <laughs> nah. No, well, I mean, take yeah. long. I put a lot of scares in them. Well, yeah, like Zeldera says, I put holes in the moon. I guess so, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Make some waves, I'd become, literally. I'd become the sixty billion, sixty double dollar, sixty, what is it, the sixty million double dollar man or something like that. That was something. 60, yeah, that's his title, isn't it? His, his wanted poster or whatever. Yeah. Forget exactly. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's like sixty billion double dollar man. But uh, mm. I'd become that. I I would mm. just have the superpower that, you know. I mean, it Vash is a plant, so that. Is why he can use the angel arm, but mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I just like uh, I just I think it looks cool. I think it has a really cool like charge up time. I think that mm -hmm. it's whenever I imagine it though, I always imagine having more power, like not just the ability yeah. to just like destroy cities, like the ability to destroy planets, the ability to destroy wow. entire solar systems, mm -hmm. just like oh. You know, and that's just like that's just like the basic stuff that I, I think about when it comes to like something so a power that I've always liked the angel arm. Yeah. Oh well, the the ability I tend to think of, um, at least in terms, I, I go I go straight to practicality of like what what can I use in my daily sort of thing? What would would help me? Um, isn't from like I don't particularly think it's my favorite in any way anime or anything, but or manga, but I do think this ability would be. Very neat to have in real life, and that is the ever-present Shadow Clone Jutsu from Naruto. I think that would be a very useful ability to have in real life, because you can create a duplicate version of yourself that's able to... Um, well, first off, it can do basically you can be in more places at once than one. Uh, you know, more places at once than just one of you could. But also the other extra, and that was the extra things on top of that, whereby your clones, anything that your clone learns gets added back to you as soon as it's dispersed or deactivated as well. So you could essentially have your clone go out and do multiple jobs and multiple practices and at the same time, and you could gain all those experiences at once, basically. You know? Hmm. So the fact that you can speed up any process you want by be by having shadow clones, they can have one doing this, one doing that, just everything at once, um, that's always been very appealing to me. Because, you know, the one thing that I have a limited amount of is definitely time and having the ability to mitigate that by having an army of your own selves that you can, you know, control and use uh, and, you know, 
would just be a very useful thing to have. It's also just a very neat trick as well for parties and shit. <laughs> so, yeah. Personally, my pick would be the Shadow Clone uh, Jutsu from Naruto. But, yeah. I'd like the... Uh, I'd go for the sexy Jujutsu. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> so, basically, the transformation type one. You can, you can transform him into anything. He just chooses to use it to transform into a uh, beautiful girl. Sexy female version of himself, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there are um, many uh, deviant art pictures of people who like that version of him. They call him Naruko. Yeah, Naruko, because it's uh, yeah. the ko at the end. Yeah, so I'm sure that's inspired. I bet if you looked it up, there'd be like a gajillion doujinsis on that too. Oh, yes. yes there are many. Yeah. I mean, it's basically the same the same kind of um, the oh. same effect that uh, Ranma has, where it's just like Naruto ah, yes. can, you know, Naruto can turn into a girl. Ranma can turn into a girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, I guess it makes less appearances in Naruto than it does in um, Ranma. So it's that effect of, hey, we can fill in the blanks ourselves because it kind of leaves it open for our interpretation because we're the fans, that sort of thing as well. But, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I, yeah. one of the like amusing things is like, I, if I remember correctly, one of the last, the final, final boss, like the moon bunny goddess, uh, Kaguya, yeah. Uh, he yeah. and Sasuke end up performing the sexy jujitsu and transforming themselves into different male, like hot male versions. Really? I yeah, I, I, if I remember correctly, I believe that's what happens. Like they, it's you know, it has jokey moments like that where they do they do stuff like that against like final bosses who show up, and it's like, I don't think it's gonna work on her, guys. I'm well, surprised Sasuke did it. To be honest, <laughs> I mean Naruto suggested it, and then Sasuke's like, "Oh fuck, here we go." Fine. <laughs> I think the only okay. one who really enjoyed it was uh, Sakura. Sakura, yep. <laughs> Sakura. Mm-hmm. She would. She always has her mind in one specific sort of um, area, doesn't she? she yeah, should, she does. Yeah, yeah, and that's why people hate her. But anyway, <laughs> hashtag uh, bitchy go. Ye- Oh, oh, wait, so wait, have you seen that at this point? Have not. I haven't caught up there yet. Okay. I'm still right, I playing catch up. Like... Speaking of which, though, um, uh-huh. a Darling in the Franks, uh-huh. I don't know if this is at all related to what happened during episode 14, but yeah. episode 16 was put on hiatus for a week. They released a special instead, though, if I'm not correct. They did release a special, yeah. but there was no plan for a hiatus. From what I'm reading, the hiatus was unexpected. Right. So we we could correlate that with the backlash, but I don't know. Yet. It could be them fixing something in episode 16 that they don't they don't want to upset fans anymore, or maybe they're uh, like put, you know just putting in like an apology, like you know all from all the staff, we're very sorry because that's what the Japanese like to do. I don't want them to do that though. I I don't, no but you know that's yeah. just what the Japanese do because even if they're not in the mm-hmm. wrong. Because it's the fans who are like, you know, calm the fuck yeah, down. It's... it's just an anime. But right. the producers and whatnot will still say sorry just so that, you know, uh... maybe the fans will be more accepting and be like, all right, I'll spend money because you, you said sorry to me. Okay. I, I, I do still, because there's no confirmation, I really hope that isn't the case. Uh, obviously, it's way too late in production for them to make huge drastic changes at least, but maybe they will cut out something. I don't know. 
Oh man, I just yeah, I really hope that's not the case because you know first there was the the thing with Mass Effect Three where they had to make an additional ending to appease fans. Not, oh, yeah. not that, yeah, and that's not to say that the original ending wasn't wasn't like necessarily bad, but you know it was. It's the principle, but it's the principle of like you know if you're the company, you know you still don't have to be like oh no sorry about that we did everything wrong and stuff you know. Well, I mean, you in, movie, it's just in like, EA's case, they lied. Like EA um, was having Bioware say like oh no it won't be just a red blue and green three prong oh, ending like everything okay, you have yeah. will have an effect and like the whole ending was just. Red, blue, or green? Yes, no, or maybe. You know, good, bad, okay. and middle. All right, that is the, that. If they if they said that and promised that specifically, then that is their fault. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bit different, but okay. It's different from the scenario whereby you know it feels like if if just somebody doesn't like your ending, that's not enough to like go out and say like, oh yeah, we publicly apologize. You know. The most they can only say is just like, "Well, sorry, you didn't like it." But in this, you know, in this case, I just hope they don't, you know, take it too hard and you know, completely bend to the will of the fans because it sets a precedence. You know, it means that you know, in the future, if anybody else makes another anime, whereby you know they they make a risky decision that's not necessarily conventional or everybody is gonna like, then they're gonna have to cut, you know, cut out all the the fans as well. You know, so yeah, just my thoughts. Yeah. On I, that, I just, I'm just, uh, I'm just happy with episode like 14, just in the sense yeah. that I never will ever need to worry about Hiro ever cheating on Zero Two. Like, th- there is no chance for him to ever be like, oh, you mean no. the hot mm. pink haired girl who yeah. has the horns and totally wants yeah. to jump on my dick anytime we're alone? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll cheat on her. No, he will never. He'll be like, Ichigo, who's that? I, I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's what is kind of that is what's kind of ridiculous to me it's like it's halfway through the series and you know people are you know jumping onto it so much like oh how dare you not do our ship or whatever but it's like i'm thinking just calm down it's not even at the end yet i'm not gonna say either way but i have a strong estimation that it's not gonna go the way that you're unhappy about you know so it's just yeah it's not even finished yet <laughs> i get it if it was the end but it's not so yeah any hoozles? Yeah. Yeah. Hoozles. Yep. Hoozles. Is that uh? Does that do it our for our our news? Yes. Yeah. We can move okay. on. Okay. Well, let's uh, kick into high gear here and let's go to our industry news. So my first one here is a bit of a big news for even international audiences. So Cowboy Bebop, really good anime. Uh, The director, uh, Shinichiro Watanabe, uh, Mm -hmm. he is also going to be doing another anime coming up called Carol and Tuesday. Uh, Looks like it's probably going to be a bit more uh, calmer. I'm guessing it's uh, these two characters on the cover. One of them looks like a blonde-haired uh, Victorian-esque girl. Uh, and Tuesday kind of looks like more of a rough-and-tumble Japanese boy with, you know, kind of like tan skin. Um, and they're currently looking for uh, this year's, or next year's television uh, anime dub. So they're looking for someone to do the singing for the dub. Um, 
Music production studio Flying Dog has announced that in line with plans for the anime's worldwide broadcast, the company is accepting international audiences, or sorry, additions to sing as the two main characters for the anime series. The prospective nice. singers must act fast, however, because auditions close May the 6th. The Whoa. official website... Yeah, I know. this. Uh, technically, this episode will be uh, out after... Uh, the whole, uh, yeah, the whole thing is uh, said in. Oh no, wait! I'll be putting this episode out on May fifth. So if you're hearing this now, you got a day to do it. So jump on that ship, man. Okay. Or the or rules don't, because I'm gonna beat you to it. I'm gonna win. <laughs> the rules. Well, I mean, you can't participate because here are the rules: singers oh. must be female and under the age of twenty-five years. They don't know that. <laughs> I guess Tuesday is actually a girl, now that I'm looking at her chest, so maybe that's why. Um, mm-hmm. Singers must be able to sing in native-level English. Okay. Uh, the contest Check. is open to all nationalities and singing levels. Check. Applicants can have a talent or artist management company, but they cannot be signed or in the process of being signed to any record company, major or independency. There you can't join now anymore. Uh, oh, all your major your what? major publishing companies that you're signed in. Sorry. Oh, Sorry about that, Andrew. Oh shit. Damn it. That was yeah, my lucky that's break a big to one. be in animes. Oh no. <laughs> and applicants must submit a video of themselves singing solo with karaoke or live instruments, but no backup singing or a cappella. So, this is an on-your-own, you know, audition to become the dub for an anime that is coming out next year. Okay. Nice. The chosen applicants will receive a callback for the second round by the end of next month, and winners will dub the singing parts of either Carol or Tuesday and record songs for CD releases thus making their CD debut as well. Nice. Okay, good opportunities out there. So get on that within the next two days, guys, or one day. It does look like this anime is going to be centered around singing, just for the sense that the tagline for the anime is, the two met and created a song. No one knew what a miracle it would bring. So, uh, much like Watanabe's previous works, music is going to be playing a huge role. So, I imagine Ichigo might actually be interested in this because he does love it when music plays a key role in anime. Hmm. Yeah. Could be a good form topic, actually. <laughs> yeah. Too many. Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool. Um, I suppose I can go to my first piece, which is mm. about a... First, first look uh, from Kotaku about a Studio Ghibli theme park has released its official concept art. So there's going to be a theme park, I didn't know about this, that's going to be based off of the Studio Ghibli, um, you know, series, the company that makes all the anime films that, you know, Disney-esque really pretty films. Um, it was originally planned to be out in 2020, but it has been delayed to 2022, so that's still quite a ways away, even if it doesn't get delayed any further. It will be in Nagoya, Japan. Uh, in the same location, 20, 200 acres, um, in the same location where the World's Fair was featured in 2005. And it will feature many different sort of locales that are based off of some set pieces from the film. So there'll be like a house moving castle 
sort of sight in it. Um, seems very outdoorsy. There's going to be a shop that will be made to be a recreation of the shop that's from Whisper of the Heart as well, to know a few. There's been some talk from commenters and stuff, and I hope this is true, that there's going to be a cat bus to take you around the place. I mean, they'd be stupid not to have a cat bus, because that's really iconic to have. Um, as well as, like, small exhibition areas and small cinemas as well. Um, there's also a village park based off of Princess Mononoke. Honestly, you just have to look at the pictures to kind of um, get a good idea of what it's going to be like. I do wonder, like, what the... Because you know, if it's theme park, I guess you don't have to, but I'm wondering, like... Are there going to be that many rides, or is it just going to be kind of just walk around? And if so, what is kind of the age graphic that this is being like kind of marketed towards? I'm wondering. I guess it's just mainly towards fans of Pseudo Ghibli already, which I guess there are plenty. But I'm wondering also like how much this place is going to cost to build, because like if this beautiful artwork that they've released is to be held to be true, it's going to be quite pricey to recreate this sort of natural looking beauty to it. But uh, it's still interesting, still um, kind of exciting to be to be sure. Uh, what's his name? There's also areas based off of My Neighbor Totoro as well, which is not too much of a surprise as well, because that's like their, that's on like their logo and stuff. So, I guess there's not much else to say about that. But yeah, theme park based off Studio Ghibli and also Nintendo to be looking forward to in the future. I'm looking forward to the Nintendo one personally myself. So there you go, theme park based on Anime Company. They should do a Tohei one actually as well, like Tohei, a toy like a Shonen Jump based one. I mean. Like, with Naruto oh. section and Dragon Ball section. They should do something like that if they do any more, like, theme parts based off anime and stuff. I would like... I'd like a Shonen Jump one. Basketball I wonder if they'll have a flying castle people. going around What's that? the park. A flying castle? A house flying castle? Oh, right, right. I, I don't know if it'll be flying. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Well, I'd then, be very impressive what, if they have a What use is it if it's not a flying castle? <laughs> Damn it, my dreams have been ruined. Crushed. Paul the King. My dreams. Yeah, exactly. It's called me. Castle in the Sky, not Castle on the Ground. Oh no 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 no! The, the one that's called Castle in the Sky is the Puta. That's not House. I'm oh, sorry. That's, no, that's fly, Puta, highs, yeah. it's oh. Flying Castle. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. Right. Yeah. Howl's Moving Castle. Flying Howl's Castle. Howl's Moving Castle is one thing. If it doesn't then, move, mm. then that is mm. the uh, that's the stipulation. So if the thing can move on the ground, I'll be okay with it then. Um, <laughs> Ooh, Kiki's I'm... Delivery Service. That yes. I will be interested in, just because that was a, another really... I really did enjoy that one. I liked it a lot. Ah, good. Okay, cool. So yeah, lots of lots of nice locations to look forward to. Uh, another thing to add to your list of things to do if you do manage to visit Japan in the... Well, actually, not. I was going to say in the near future, but actually it's 2022, so quite a, quite a while later. So you have time to save up. There you go. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway... Yeah, so, yeah, my second piece of news here, my last piece of news, is actually of uh, Last Period. It's an uh, anime. I believe it's about, uh-huh. it's like a slice of life uh, anime about uh, high school clubs or something like that, mm-hmm. potentially. Uh, in any case, one of the more recent episodes of Last Period uh, featured mm-hmm. the a parody of Higurashi. Or Higurashi no Nakoro ni, which, as many may know, is an anime that has very eye-catching yandere's in it and a lot of death and horrible things happening to people. Mm-hmm. 
Um, during the episode, it kind of hints at Higurashi here and there. Um, basically, it's like some of the dishes that they talk about that they're serving to the guests are like uh, the garbage pile near the old dam. Uh, let's play with a clever lady. Um, uh, electric cotton drifting, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but eventually they stop beating around the bush as the episode features the appearance of Rika. And uh, she does her iconic nipa in the mm-hmm. anime. I'm wondering if they got the voice actress Same for actress. Rika to actually show back up again because it's been a while. Yeah. Um, the rest of actually the cast also appears. Uh, apparently it's it uh, was all just a meta gag about the uh mobage game crossovers in this case mm-hmm. higurashi collaborating with last period because when the other characters show up stars appear above their head um i see okay so like uh you know four gold stars four gold stars four gold stars and then it cuts to rika and it's five gold stars so it's like i want rika give me the orbs give me the orbs rika 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 <laughs> I see. So so they're yeah. not actually in the same universe canon now, I guess. Well, okay. I didn't know I that, guess. but uh, I'm alright with that. The animation fits <laughs> for it. I do like it. Uh-huh. I see. Okay. Good, good. Have, have you, yeah. Are you going to check out Last Period, by the way? I don't know. This has me interested, but I'm not a huge fan of... Uh, um. Let's let's just take a look here. Last period. Story mm-hmm. of an endless spiral. Uh let's see. Twelve episodes. Looks well, like it was based on a Android game. and iOS game. Yep. Okay, what's the uh let's see here? Period is how magic users call or is how magic users called Period is how magic users called who beat that line is not written properly. Who beat spiral? Nope. Monsters that were summoned from isolation due to the rise of these beings. 14 year old period Haru, who is part of the eight arc end division, is called to break the cycle and cast himself into the endless battle. However, a mysterious thievery occurred and sank the division into bankruptcy, forcing Haru and his other comrades to have to leave their headquarters to rebuild a branch they have come they have to overcome quest after quest um, maybe you know, what, what maybe what you read there sounds more exciting than what i experienced but i i wouldn't discourage you from trying it for sure but um oh yeah <laughs> is there uh, any like the main mm-hmm. character is a male and i'm seeing a lot yeah. of other females is there any any like harem esque feeling to it? I think I think there's sort of like an OTP. If I was to give it, uh, no, I think he's he's mainly got it for like the white haired girl. I think she's on the poster as well. Yes, she's like she is. A, yeah, yeah, she's like the or deadpan like the, uh, or sort the, of character. Yeah, yeah. Oh, forget what they call them, Akihos or whatever. Yeah, the thing that's coming out the top of her hair. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. um, she's sort of the main for him. If there but, is like, any. do the other girls all kind of, like, have a thing for him in some sense or another? I haven't noticed it from episode one. I only watched one episode, but I haven't noticed it. 
Uh, I mean, his party's got like another girl and another guy, so I might just naturally maybe pair those two up. But I don't know. The only sign of he... any affection sort of comes from the white-haired girl. Hmm? Is he voiced by a guy? Let's see here. I'm gonna guess that the main character's voice, Haru, is voiced by a girl. Am I correct? Uh, no, it's voiced by a guy. Well, fuck me. Well, check that box. There we go. All right, all right. Oh, all right. the dude who mm-hmm. voices him voiced Inaho from Aldino Zero. All right. You like that? Color okay. me curious. All right. Okay. Well, maybe we can call up on that later if that's if you do end up giving it a go. <laughs> Let me oh. just add that one to my watch list. <laughs> all right. So yeah, that uh, that was my my little piece of news there. Just a little collab with Higurashi. Okay. No worries. And I've got a top 10 list here for uh, to, to meet our quotient for this week with Zaldera. We've got sisters loving brother heroines in anime. So these are female heroines that are in love with their brother in some way from their respective series. Uh, going for this top 10 list. This was designed by, by the way, from a website called Ranking Go, which is a Japanese website. So it's, it's surveyed in Japan, of course. The number 10 is Nelnale Lamparouge from Code Geass. Number nine is Kosaka Kirino from Oreimo. Number eight is Kirigaya Suguha from Sword Art Online. Number seven is Shiro from No Game No Life. Six is Kanzaki Mitsuki from Saiken Imoto no Yosuga Choto Okashinda Ga. Uh, number that five is I I think that was I know it roughly translates into something like lately my sisters being the little sisters been acting listless or something i don't know what it, what it's about though i've seen posters Weird. but i've never yeah maybe, maybe you could check it out if you're ever so curious um number five is isono wakame which from Sa- sazai chance no sazai san four is dorami from doraemon or doraemon whatever you pronounce it number three is Doma Umaru from Himoto <laughs> Umaru-chan. And number two is just blank for some reason. And number one... Oh, no, no, is... no, no, no. <laughs> it's not end. blank. No, it features not... your favorite little sister. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad that they don't actually give out the criteria for why they, you know, why they're ranking them in this order. Maybe it's just by, you know, maybe it's just like the top... You know, it just says, it just says top 10. It could be top 10 worst. You never know. So then I'd be completely happy with this list, really. Uh, well, I mean, it's just a top 10 list, list of... Mm. Uh, which I don't understand why she's so high, because I don't feel like she's so hot for her older brother. Because I believe that's what this list is. It's little sisters who are, like, the most Onichan loving. Yeah. No, she totally loves. she totally loves him. But... But she's not um, outward about it. No, she isn't. But, you know, us as viewers, the thing is, at the end of the day, us as viewers or the ma- the people who are reading the manga or reading the light novels, they get it, though, you know. We all, we all know. He doesn't know. But, you know, we know. So I guess that's enough for them to rank her this high, I guess. I mean, I think it's it's more obvious than Umaru-chan, at least. But I don't know about Dorami or whatever from Doraemon, but, you know. Um... I think it's also just because of the factor that it's new-ish, because, you know, Kirino's so high up there, like, so low down on the list, I mean, and she's all high up there, so I think it's just that, like, that effect of it being new, but then again, 
having said that, the, the person who's number one is from a slightly older show, uh, which you'll know from um, the irregular at the Magic High School, which is yeah, Shiba Mizuki. Miyuki. Miyuki, yeah. Yep. Mizuki? Uh, Miyuki, yeah. yeah. Shiba Miyuki, Miyuki from that. So she's a little sister who apparently likes her older brother, and she gets the number one spot, standing the test of time, being not the newest one here, but apparently one of the ones that left the biggest impact amongst the viewers at the website. So There you go. She's the, she's the one who inspired the uh, Wincest Wiggle. Ah, oh, did she? Right, okay. So she started it all. Yep. Right, yes, I did choose can... this. <laughs> well. Me. Yuki. Wiggle. Oh, brother indeed. Or should I say, Oni-chan. That just feels wrong. Oni-chan? That just felt so wrong. I regret everything. Uh, here it is. Oh, Copy image yeah, just dressed and yeah, paste. Oh my god! Chat. Yeah. Thanks. There it is. There we go. What the hell? It's so dark. The image. Oh my god! All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. I know. Um. So we have a uh, we have previews and stuff to do. <laughs> no, she's not naked out there. She's wearing lingerie. It's oh, just she? dark in the picture. Yeah, just click it oh, okay. and you'll see. <laughs> the contrast on my screen is really bad, so it actually does look like she's... Yeah. Yeah, okay. it does look like she's naked. <laughs> yeah. Any hoozles. Uh, yeah. Previews, <laughs> anyway, yes. Previews. Yeah, previews. Woo, woo. Yeah, previews. Woo, let's go. In a world where laughter was king. Uh, no in a world, Jack. What do you mean, no, in the world? It's not that kind of movie. All right. Well, yeah. uh, my first one's going to be real quick here. It's uh, okay. of Alice or Alice. Uh, this is a... Uh, this is one that is super... Super right up your alley there, Andrew. So I this anime blurb, is one I of the... It's, it's one of those uh, short episode animes. I believe it's only something like five minutes per episode. And the anime centers around an older male character named simply Onichan, just older brother, Ani, mm-hmm. um, and his two twin sisters, Rise uh, and Ari, or Airi, uh, mm-hmm. and just like their everyday lives and everything they go through. Um, and basically, the end of every episode has the female characters in it um, use the line, you know, Onichan Taiski. Just in some, some way or another, they always end up saying that to uh, Ani. Um, there are a bunch of other characters who show up who all are uh, Little Sister esque, I could say. Uh-huh. So the first two, of course, are the twin sisters. Then you have uh, another couple of, uh, I guess you could call them twins as well. Uh, you got um, you got Mako and Coco, and both of those are kind of like uh, a cat-like. Ah, uh, okay. I believe they have cat tails mm-hmm. on them at all times. Oh, do they? I didn't know that uh, part. 
And the older brother works at a maid cafe where the girls end up going to at one point or another. And of course, the maid cafe is run by another lolly because all these characters are lollies, by the way. Um, Mm -hmm. And she's the manager, apparently, Tencho. She also has the, you know, like the Onichan Daisuke moment. So it's basically if you ever want to hear Onichan Daisuke over and over and over and over and over again, you're going to want to watch this anime. Oh, and by the way, there are fairies in it as well. I don't, oh. I don't know oh. if it's of any appeal to anyone, but there are fairies. Like, just yeah, they're just there. Like at one point, yeah. it's like, oh look, little rabbit fairies. They help with cooking. It's like, oh okay, yeah. that's weird. They had to, they had to offset the weird scenario with something more weird, and it had to be fairies. <laughs> so oh. yeah, uh, my yeah. thoughts on it is, I will continue yep. to watch it just because it's so short. Uh, it hasn't so. done anything egregiously like it's not like the brother's like super like siscon because he's not like he loves his he little was. sisters and oh. like oh, no okay. no like if anything the little sisters are more brocon than he is siscon ah that makes it okay that makes it makes it completely okay <laughs> that makes it okay <laughs> oh, you know, he, he isn't drooling over his little sisters all the time that's that's the whole thing he doesn't he doesn't do that. You know, he's uh I'd have to say he plays more of a straight man than anything. Uh-huh. I see. Hmm. So, yeah. But yeah. Okay. Cool. That's um, Alice or Alice. I will continue to watch it just because it's uh, very short. It doesn't do anything egregiously like ooh, you know, cringy or anything like that. So it's just like, all right, yeah, sure. Okay. Cool. Right. Well, look forward to hearing your thoughts when you get to the end of it. Uh I guess I'll move along to my preview, which will be of Sword Art Online Alternative Gun Gale Online, um, which is, you know, tied in with a very established series. I mean, the show starts off with a summary of the original show's premise for the 2% of you that didn't know. Uh, it starts off with the line of, you die in the game and you die in real life. Basically, an introduction narration goes over how many lives were lost in a tragic VR game that was called Sword Art Online and how that looked to be the end of the medium entirely before an admin package called The Seed was released and VR games managed to somehow regain popularity as many safe games were created. One of those games is where the story features, a barren wasteland that plays host to duels of duels and death matches with firearms called Gun Gale Online. So this one features mostly just guns instead of any close quarters combat besides knives. We start with a hub city with an announcer on screen announcing the beginning of a team battle royale style tournament called the Squad Jam where there are 23 uh, teams with a maximum of 6 members each. Among those gathering is our protagonist Lolly Girl, seems to be a theme today, with this large and rugged bloke lamenting that she is only here because she didn't manage to get concert tickets for today. She then talks about doing her best with her gun which she is named P-Chan and then the opening plays which I honestly don't have much to say about so moving on. The game starts and our army of two land in a forest area, which they say is not to their advantage because the dude uh, called M is a sharpshooter and the lolly named Len is wearing a bright pink outfit which stands out. This is unintentionally hilarious because throughout the episode they were talking about serious tactics and it's so kind of funny that they acknowledge that Len's gear because if they were being remotely serious about it, then it's worth noting that that bright pink colour will stand out anywhere not just the forest. Anyways, the two dick around in the woods until they hear gunshots and follow it to a ruined city where a team of uh, has gathered together. 
in Squad Jam, this satellite scanner thing happens to period periodically um let you know where all the team leaders are and their positions on the map. And as a result, Len is then spotted and gets sprayed at by these five guys and is forced to take cover. The guys continue to unload their weapons into the forest and because of their idiotic behaviours and general thug character designs, they obviously get taken out from behind by another team, dressed uniformly like the counter-terrorists from Counter-Strike. M remarks about the way that they operate being so in sync as their proficiency is at repelling down buildings is like no ordinary players and they're likely real-life professional soldiers and this is some kind of, um, and they're using the squad jam as some sort of training exercise. Realizing this, that they are outmatched, the two decide to retreat to a residential area. And what they're treated to is, what we're treated to is a sequence of teams killing each other until the pro group comes in and takes them out. Now, I've cut, I've not played Counter-Strike or TF2 in quite a long time, nor have I picked up something like Fortnite or Overwatch. But I don't think anyone has to have any competitive online shooter knowledge to know that what you're seeing here is not how good players play these FPS games. We have one idiot healing himself before shouting out loud that his teammates to his teammates, while it's already been established that you can communicate with your team remotely with up to 300 meters. He gets killed by a guy who doesn't fare much better deciding to just stand there and taunt before being gunned down himself. Then those noobs that shoot him down do a similar sort of thing before they're wiped out by a grenade. Especially... Uh, basically, this high-profile pro- Team Battle Royale star game is made up of four teams of fucking scrubs. And that's not just counting the seven that apparently died off-screen before that. Anyway, the two make their way to a residential area and the camp before they encamp there before planning their next strategy um, and how to take out the professionals. We then take the perspective of, of those pros and they're alerted to the presence of somebody in front of them within 80 meters in the residential area. Despite an open neighborhood road in front of them, they can't see anyone there, and they're told to approach with caution, so the leader asks them to report anything suspicious. They make note of a few things in the area, like fallen trees, a suitcase, some tin cans, an empty shopping trolley, before the commander with the binoculars is like, everyone shoot the case! But it's too late, because the lolly emerges and takes out one guy after another, running at inhuman speeds and using various bodies as cover before some retarded because for some retarded reason, dead bodies are treated as immortal objects and thus shields in this game. She takes out four guys with the last two watching from distance deciding not to bother anymore as that speed is inhuman and doesn't help them, so they withdraw from the game. Well, that's the reason that they give. Much, much my preferred headcanon is that they realise how embarrassingly designed this game is, but to each their own, I guess. The episode ends with some lolly, uh, with some lollies in real life watching this on a screen and being impressed that Len's avatar belongs to Miss Karen who walks into the room with juices for them and is embarrassed by the praise. So that was, to be honest, a pretty dumb overall and not really dumb enough to be dumb fun sort of episode, to be honest. A lot of dialogue here is taken up by M talking about tactics and weapon details with Len while retarded gameplay unfolds before our eyes. It's one of those experiences that punishes you mentally the more you know about the subject matter, that being first-person shooter games or just shooter games in general. Despite the talk about weapons and strategy being okay at best and boring at worst, it was kind of unjustified when you see some of the most incompetent players imaginable here. The stakes aren't really there either because everybody except for the main two characters have the most forgettable des- character designs, so that you know they're going to be fodder and disposed of pretty quickly. Despite much of the fighting in this episode being for advantageous positions of the battlefield, 
There's little signs of the players using cover or really making any steps towards hiding their position through noise or anything. I guess this is one thing that's carried over consistently from SAO, and that is that the um, average gamer in this universe is really stupid to the nth degree. On one hand, I'm supposed to believe that these Black Ops pro guys are amazing players, but it's demonstrated by them killing people. But it's demonstrated by them ki- killing people who would sooner kill themselves than their opponents, anyways. That's not to say that the pro players are off the hook either. If your enemy is supposed to be right in front of you and you list off features in the area, why would you not shoot the suitcase? The one object in the vicinity that has the possibility of hiding someone. It just makes it just makes more fucking ridiculous. It makes it more fucking ridiculous to swallow when the episode does confirm that M was right and that these are actually like Black Ops style professionals and everything. Like then there was this like leftover nitpicks about how it doesn't really make sense as a game. No shooter I know has point has a pointless feature of making bodies into immortal object shields that can't be shot through. And I can't think of any reason why that would be the case design-wise. I'm more surprised that surviving, uh, that the surviving two pro guys left after realizing her speed was inhuman, and not also because in real life combat she would have also been killed by the bullets going through the bodies. But then, also these guys are unaware about this. These guys are actually here to do tests, you know, for real life soldier skills and stuff. Uh, that I assume, but then they did this knowing that this game actually gives you skills that give you super speed anyway. So that's also, they're also dumb for choosing a game that actually gives you those sorts of features when they're trying to test real-life combat scenarios. I mean, that would be like if the United States military were actually using Overwatch as part of their training simulations. Um, I could go on, but I think I'll spare you the nitpicks for now. Despite my tone, I'm actually going to keep watching this series as well, actually. Um, oh, really? Because I'm, yeah, because I'm simultaneously watching Season 2 of Sword Art Online anyway, and I just sort of made it a point because it's, you know... It's high profile enough that I'm just gonna. I'm curious to see how it plays out overall. Um, I guess it was animated okay, despite what was being animated being kind of stupid a lot of the time, most of the time, okay, like ninety nine percent of the time. And um, to some of you who don't have knowledge of any of the previous seasons, at least you could dive into this without having prior knowledge, because you know none of the characters are returning ones, so that's something. But that ends my report for now. All right. Well, yep. it uh, sounds like it's uh, not nearly as good as even the second season of Sword Art Online, which I personally felt was not nearly as good as the first. Yeah, it's. Um, I think it's worse than that so far. I w- I've not even finished season two of Sword Art Online, but I think this is worse so far. So, no. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, uh, I believe that brings us to our third preview here, and this is going to be a joint preview of 3D Kanojo Real Girl. Yes, indeed. Uh, or as, the first of its kind. Or as I like to call it, uh, 3D Kanojo Cringe Fest. Well, I like to call it terrible dating and character advice for anybody who's like any otaku <laughs> that are watching the show. <laughs> Just actually terrible. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> we'll begin from the top. Right, so in this anime, um, which is very much styled in a, um, it seems like it should be appealing to women. Like this feels like it's a, uh, uh, is it not? It's sh- not shown in shojo. I don't think it's shojo. Like I don't think it's shojo. I don't know. It I don't know. If felt it's... shojo like the art style just looks 
Oh yeah, shoujo. like it feels mm, the art style and pacing in some ways feels shoujo esque, but like shoujos usually have to have well, don't have to, but they usually have some sort of attractive guy in it. This guy is um not particularly attractive. Uh, not just appearance wise, eh, I, I mean, mean personality wise. Yeah, he's kind of like one of the middle mud characters where yeah, it's just sorry. like anyone can be him, that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, so that, that's, that gives me the impression that it's less of that because it's like you're supposed to insert yourself into this, like you're supposed to really relate to this otaku guy. You know, it's like, oh, you know, he's like, real girls are like this. Am I right, audience? Wink, wink. You feel the same way, don't you? And I'm just like, no, get away from me. So yeah, uh, the anime mm-hmm. basically starts out with uh, us being introduced to our main male protagonist named uh, Hikaru. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a glasses-wearing otaku who is very much in love with the 3D world. He doesn't like real girls at all. He yeah. just considers them a hassle. He thinks that they're just, you know, they're just not good. Uh, he has a friend. His friend... Mm-hmm. Uh, his friend wears uh, cat ears or something, like Chobit ears. Yeah, um, it's like he's, he's even, just like he's even not going to hide his hobbies. Is like, yeah. ooh, like, ooh, come on, dude. Like, take those off. Like, no, 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 no. Don't, don't do this. And yeah, like his friend's cringy. like, no, I will not hide who I am anymore. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. The Arabic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think his... Uh, what was his friend's name? Was that the... Huh? Yuto or something like that. Oh, I I don't remember any of their names, <laughs> to be honest. All right, well, like, all right. So it, his guy, friend is like a main guy, blonde, best friend, and then the girl. That's all. Of yeah, it's like a does. blonde Japanese student as well, uh, which it seemed very off, like his hair color. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's like he's a foreigner who's decided mm-hmm. to become a high school student and is here yeah. now, and like he's mm-hmm. realizing like, oh god, Japan is really evil towards people that consider otakus. And that's one of the main things about this anime. So, yeah. uh, Hikaru and his friend are treated very negatively, um, and otakus in the anime are seen in a like, ugh, they're disgusting, horrible creatures, mm. filthy well, peasants. I, mm. But what I will say is like, he doesn't, like, the otaku in this don't do themselves any favors in that regard either. Like, they act out. I, I'm talking especially about the main guy. Like, he's approached by these two girls in McDonald's, of course. And they're, like, playing their video games inside McDonald's, right? And the, the girls know him from middle school. Uh, the blonde-haired guy that we're talking about. The best friend guy. And, you know, they're talking about, oh, you used to draw manga and stuff and draw characters. Now, obviously, like, they started to get a little bit pressy and start to get a bit aggressive towards them. But, like, the main guy just immediately stands out, zero, jumps up, and causes a scene and starts well, shouting. Well, no, I mean, they start calling him gross. Yeah, but I think it erupts into that. It, it, it escalates into that because of, like, their, again, their lack of reply. Like, you, they could have easily played this off or, or in some sort of way. But, like, I don't know. I feel like the way that the characters react and, like, the, the inner monologue of the main guy. And, like, you know, he makes a lot of preconceived judgments about other people as well. Um... Whereby, like, he runs into the girl at the start and he's like, oh, I'm not in her same class, but I know that she's unpopular. I know that she, no, none of the girls like she's her. She's a huge and slut. She sleeps yeah, around she with sleeps everyone. Around. Exactly. Like, he does the exact she's same She's like the shit worst kind of girl, like the girl I would never want to hang around with. And the teacher's like, yeah, all right, exactly. you two fuckers are late. You're going to clean the pool. And he's like, oh, yeah. I bet she's not going to show up. Ugh. Uh, yeah, exactly. So much and angst. And he's awful that way because he doesn't just think this. He says it out loud to her as well later on. 
where like she says a remark that albeit was confusing about being gross or something which she was apparently but, talking your about your bangs like you know like don't yeah. you consider your bangs gross and then yeah, you know he but, takes it as like she called me gross oh i'm devastated yeah but she was just talking about your bangs, His bangs. in the way of your eyes like she said later yeah. on she clarifies it yeah with that but like he immediately is like very accusatory and then like even in like at the swimming pool is just like yeah you'd rather just like get lo- lots of guys and spending time with them that's a foolish way to spend your time and stuff and like she's like well okay then i'm just gonna leave and he's like yeah i have nothing more to say to you he's like he's constantly being really like again okay they, they get ostracized in some ways because they're otaku in this anime um you know not everyone has a high opinion of them but a lot of them a lot of what they do is projection in a way as well like they don't do themselves any favor. He's like, one of his um, inner outbursts in his mind where like it's just got this text on screen where it's just like, I'm just doing what I want to do like everyone else. Why does everyone have to say these things to me? That sort of thing. Where it's like, sometimes it's not just because what you, you're doing what you like. It's because you act like this, you know? Like you're not doing yourself well, he's, or even like... He's not I, just an otaku. He's introverted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, as yeah, yeah. someone That's who's also or up. was introverted yeah. for a long time, mm-hmm. when I'm like around people that I don't socialize mm-hmm. with, I don't talk to them. And when they talk mm-hmm. to me, I'm very quiet. You know, I'm very mm-hmm. much not like I normally am. You know yeah. me as like the loud and brash Joseph, the host of Anime Pulse. Yeah. But like, if I didn't know you and you just walked up to me and, and you're like, oh, Joseph. And mm-hmm. I was just, oh, yeah. hello. Oh. Yeah, but he, yeah. But he's not he's not consistently like that either. Like when he when she asks no. him out later on in the episode, he he's you know, bipolar. he immediately gives a snappy. Yeah, he gives a snappy answer. And the thing is is like I feel like what they're trying to do with this with this whole like, you know, guy that, you know, immediately lashes out and like takes these things out on people. They're trying to do the Watamote sort of thing. You you know you know about the anime Watamote where it's about Yeah, like the yeah, do, yeah. the girl who was like super Yeah. gross or whatever, right? Yeah, and she wants to be popular and stuff, right? And you know, uh, she wants to fit in and stuff. But she has, you know, she's no matter a how I look at it, it's you guys' fault. I'm not popular. Yeah. I feel like they're trying to do that sort of similar sort of thing with this guy. You know, the way he he thinks he makes judgments about people and stuff random. But the reason Watamoti works is like she's projecting all these anime scenarios into her reality when like the people around her are actually just doing normal shit and she's like oh if i sit in the back of the room by the window people will notice me as like the main character and i'll get friends and then nothing happens she just gets more isolated as a result so you're able to sort of sympathize with her in some ways even though she does think bad things at times and you know like she sort of has a bit more like likable relatable sort of assholeish behavior to him to her but with this guy he is like at the same time like the anime protagonist sort of guy at the same time as trying to be like because the thing, the thing that makes uh, Tomoko work in Watamote is that she's in a world where, for the most part, it's kind of more realistic than being in an anime world where, like, you know, characters don't have those over-the-top reactions like this guy does in um, 3D Kanojo and stuff. There's no best friend character. There's no, like, you know, all those status or characters that are magneted towards you for being angsty. Like, I can totally believe this sort of guy exists, you know, exists, where, you know, he's introverted and he's, you know, expressed, you know, very expressive of his emotions and stuff. You know, I can understand that. But my, you know, part of what my issue is, is that within one episode, this girl's completely smitten with him over all those things. I mean, he does a few good things for her, I'll say. It's like you know? no one has ever treated her nice. Like, at one point, he sees her getting harassed by some other dude, and it's like... Oh god, yeah. she's like sleeping around again with other people. Like even after she yeah. asked me out, ugh, what a bitch! And then like you know, he sees her getting 
you know, pulled away by this other guy, and he instantly gets like, "Rage! I'm gonna bite you! Oh, I'm getting punched! Oh, I'm kicked! And I'm I'm protecting her though!" And then she's just, you know, and then she's like, "Go out with me later." And, it, and it's just like, "What? What? Yeah. Why? Because he protected you once? Like, girl, you need to set your priorities straight. That yeah, is not like, that is not a something that is like, oh, the dude protected me in my innocence, like." He is so good. He got beat up for my sake. I shall date him. And it's like, maybe go on a date, but don't yeah. say, like, be my boyfriend or something like that. <laughs> that's that's the thing. It's like, normally I'm like, oh, hey, I'm really happy that the romance is progressing so fast. You know, like, I, I usually like it when they speed it up a bit. But in this case, because of the way he's acted, I actually would have liked it a bit more like she learns to like him past that and sees the good in him. But like, it's it's, it's so rushed. Like, just, you know... I'm an asshole to her verbally, but then I'm good to her in a heart of gold. And that immediately, like, it goes straight to love. They don't start off as friends and then move up from that, you know? It actually might have been more called for here because, you know, later on, he stalks her. <laughs> like, and that's another thing as well, actually, is that, did you notice, like, uh, the the pacing in this is really weird? Like, it's scene after scene, like, he just runs into her constantly throughout this entire episode. Yeah, it's like, it like... speeds up and then slows down, speeds up and slows. Yeah, it speeds like, up and Oh, there she is. Slows. Oh, she's at the pool. Oh, there she is. She's in the park. Now she's crying. And it's like one after the other. Just like, oh, now she's at McDonald's with us. And it's like, there's no proper, like, pacing or joining of everything. It's just like randomly, like, oh, she's there. Now she's here. It's just like back and forth. And it just progresses super fast. And then he reveals that he's been stalking her to the, um, like, to the bookstore that accuses her of stealing books. And she's just completely charmed by this. She's like, oh, thank you for defending me from being accused of being like a shoplifter. But then it also reveals that he, that would also reveal that he's been stalking her all day, but she's surprisingly okay with that. Like, probably had okay. other stalkers before. I, I guess. But, you know, so there's that. Um, yeah, it's just, there's also a lot of cliche now. moments in it, too. Like, oh, yeah. their first, their second meeting ever where. They go to clean the pool. Oh no, they mm. fall into the pool together because oh, you know, it's like, oh my god, roll my eyes any harder and you could hear it across the earth. Yeah, exactly. And then afterwards, even after they get out of the pool, they have that awkward, they have an awkward uh, dialogue that's supposed to be sort of charming where they talk about, oh, you must be a virgin and stuff. And then it's like, oh no, I'm, oh yeah, I am a virgin. Why would you be so insensitive? And it's like, is this supposed to be funny? Maybe it's, I don't know. I don't know, maybe I'm just too old for this. I don't know. And then, you know, she but takes off her shirt and is like wringing it out. And he's like, well, yeah. what are you doing? Oh, no, I'm having weird feelings in my crotch region. And she's yeah, like, just... dude, go jerk off some porn. <laughs> yeah, it's, she. And that's the thing. It's surprisingly, she's like almost too good. She takes up every every bad thing he says. She just ignores every single one of them. And then just yeah, sees the she good. does it's take crazy. a lot of abuse and is just okay with it. Yes, it's so, yeah. So that's that's the thing. I think it's really bad advice for if, like, any, like, otaku in Japan or whatever, anyone, like, watching this for, like, oh, hey, I wonder what the moral is. Like, don't act the way this guy acts. Try not to think the way this guy acts. Because, like, it doesn't it doesn't end up the way it does with this girl here. That's, that's all I'm saying. Um, I don't have a lot of dating advice or a lot of social experience myself, but I would definitely don't think you should be a dick the way this guy is or even think the way this guy does. Oh, it's just... No. Don't stalk people, definitely. Definitely don't stalk people. That's just Unless weird. you want to stalk me, and you're completely free to stalk oh, me. Oh, well, yeah, well, if you're, well, especially if you're Yandere. Yeah. 
Yes, you especially for Yandere, if you like to carry a uh, razor with you where you mm-hmm. go, you know, if you you wear, you know, yeah. you're you have like a facade of like a sweet, cute girl on the outside, but then like I go to sleep one night, I look out my window, and I just see like your eye out of the corner of the window. Yeah, that was that does it for me. So st- stalk me, or can the willing be stalked? <laughs> I don't know if you can willingly, because then it becomes. Cons- I don't know if you can actually. In that case, I don't know. We'd have to we'd have to run some tests. Somebody get on that. Um, yeah. But yeah. No. But uh, let's so I think overall, let's run think... run any more tests on 3D Kanojo. No, I I don't think I could have because the thing is is like even though it's kind of bad and like sometimes I enjoy watching anime that's kind of bad anyway in a sort of like ironic sense. Um, I kind of know where this. You can kind of tell where this is going. You know. You can't yeah, get I it. mean the animation isn't the animation itself no. isn't terrible. It's done by Hoods Entertainment, who did things like Mysterious Girlfriend X, which actually was a good romance, although it was a little weird yeah. because it was about saliva. Saliva, um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It it was also yeah. they also <laughs> they're also the guys who did the uh, Senran Kagura Esteville versus anime. Um, uh. Uh-huh. Uh, they also ooh, they also did the the Quasar of Stigmata anime, ooh. Yeah. so uh, or if her fa- her flag breaks like you know a good librarian like a good shepherd they're not bad anime animation it's just yep. the story the plot the characters ugh no thanks it's just kind of a pick your battle sort of thing just pick the right thing to adapt and you might actually have a lucky break you know. Yeah, I feel yeah. a lot of that way with some companies where it's like you you can only make so many a year. You're not A one pictures that can make like a gajillion anime a year. Sometimes you need to really just pick the good like novels and stuff, you know, or pick the good manga. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Are you gonna? Yeah. So we're both not watching this on basically. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not yeah. continuing it. Definitely not. Nah, definitely not. So yeah. Yeah, just just to clear things up a bit. Yeah, I totally get why this guy could be relatable, but he also feels pandery. Do do you get the sense that he might be a bit pandery as well? Like he feels like he's pandery? really pandery, like pandery, like it's really pandering to like otaku viewers. Where it's like, I you know, you think feel this so way because too, he no? didn't he didn't like seem at all to line up with me just because it's like ah. I don't act that way around even people I don't mm-hmm. know. Like I don't have outbursts like that. I know how to control yeah. myself. Yeah. He just seemed bipolar, like he should be on some kind of meds or something. Like, honey, it's did you true. take your meds this morning? Be sure so mm. you don't yell at your girlfriend. You can make this sort of obsessive guy, like this sort of otaku-based guy, into like a comedic sort of character. I don't know if it works for serious drama. Yeah. So, But I, I think in the sense yeah. that, you know, the way he feels and the way he feels also slides. I'm sure there's a lot of people, especially maybe like those more enclosed, like... Uh, hikikomori like types in japan as well that might be able to relate to oh, oh i feel that exact same way through high school i wasn't able to talk to you know like you know, uh, i i think 3d girls are trash and all that sort of stuff but you know it's not healthy and i also don't think that i, I do think it's just you know not good lessons overall there's, there's nothing was achieved in this and that's all i gotta say yeah yeah well i believe that does it for our previews and another episode of Anime Pulse. I thank everyone for sticking around, listening, participating, all of our uh, listeners here. We got uh, 
Zaldera, who's very active. We got uh, Noiru, or Noiru? Noir. Noir. I think Noir. Noir. Like L.A. Noir. Like, you know, LA I'm trying to pronounce it like with a Japanese. Uh, Rampant AI. Noiru. Noiru. Queen, Queen's here, but uh, she's she's not here. She's just, missing in action. Yeah. MIA. Yep. Right. So, anyways, everyone yep. with the uh, everyone stick around, listening, and until next time, keep watching, keep listening, and keep the anime love strong. <laughs>